This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to a live recording of Green and White, brought to you by Argyle Life. I need to um, cut out my errors tonight. I can't do as many as usually, because normally I can just edit those out, and I can't do that here. So as we go through, if anybody wants to like jump in and ask questions or raise points or whatever, do request. Um, but whilst we wait for Finn, Joe, do you want to just run us through last night's 4-2 defeat to Crystal Palace? Yeah, why not? I thought, I mean, we've, let's be fair, in the last couple of years, we've been blessed with some brilliant cup ties against the likes of Liverpool and, and Chelsea and Leighton Orient. So um, we're well accustomed to, to these big games. And last night was up there with one of the very best that I've seen. Um, two good teams who play really exciting, expansive football. Um, we started the game fantastically well. Obviously, um, a really good build-up to the opening goal. Um, you know, so many players touched the ball. Come, uh, I think it all started from a, an offside or a free kick. And um, Kesler Hayden was instrumental. Fed it, thread the eye of a needle through to Luke Cundall, who took a touch, fed it out to Tariq Wright on the grandstand side and um, put in one or two really devilish deliveries into the box. And um, this one, fortunately, found Callum Rice at the back post, who went to head it back across goal. And uh, Nathaniel Klein tried his best to stop it with his hand. Um, wasn't very discreet with it and obviously would have given referee Dean Whitestone a, a big decision to make. But fortunately, Ben Wayne was on hand to hook it into the back of the net. Home part went wild. And to be perfectly honest with you, I thought we, we controlled the lion's share of the game from there. Um, you know, the first half played out. We got in some great positions. Um, you know, Palace were were passive with the ball in the first half. They weren't, not, I don't want to say they didn't look confident, but they weren't aggressive. They weren't positive enough. Um, the one time they did manage to get Raksaki isolated on the right, he did manage to score but fortunately the off the linesman on that side knew the offside rule 
um, and stuck his flag up. Got in a half-time 1-0. Obviously, you're then thinking that, you know, the dream is on and you expect Crystal Palace to come out in the first half with, um, you know, a bit more aggression. They'd want to get in our face. And 33 seconds later, Luke Cundall decides that he'd score a fantastic effort from outside the box. And it really is such a sweet strike. Um, all of about 25, 30 yards. Sam Johnson had no chance. And at 2-0, 46 minutes on the clock, the dream is well and truly on. But in the back of your mind, you know that the, the names on Crystal Palace's bench are daunting. Roy gives it 10 minutes. Nothing improves. Palace offered nothing after we went 2-0 up. And then on comes Schlupp, Ayu, and Eberetje Eze. And um, the next sort of five, six minutes of football um, were about as one-sided a five, six minutes of football as I've ever seen. I think we touched the ball about a dozen times in about six minutes. Um, all three of them got an assist. Um, you know, they start, you know, at one point they were attacking with just, Edward and Mateta, and then instantly they were attacking with Ayu, Schlupp, Mateta, Edward, Eze, Lerma was getting forward, Riederwald was getting forward when he could. I mean, it was, it was bonkers. Um, and they, they put us to the sword for, for five or six minutes, and we looked rattled, and we eventually settled down, got back into a rhythm. Ben Wayne made Johnston pull off a brilliant save from a almost identical position to Cundall scored. Um, we did get ourselves into one or two little positions, but we, we just couldn't cope with with the ability of some of the players that Palace had on the pitch at that point. Um, and then at 2-3, you're thinking you know, there's always a chance you might be able to nick one. Um, I would say from a set piece, but we all know that we're pretty poor from them, so it's a waste of time mentioning that. Um, and then... You know, it was, a, it was just a mistake from Butcher, really. Um, Kesler Hayden gets an advantage from the referee that wasn't really an advantage, but he let it go as Butcher received the ball. He got done by Eze, and the result was then inevitable as Jean-Philippe Mateta got his hat-trick. I mean, one thing I will say is when Crystal Palace strikes the ball, it stays hit. I mean, crikey, they were rifling them into the back of the net. Um, but look, there's nothing to be ashamed about. We've gone toe-to-toe with a very good side. Um, Roy Hodgson was extremely complimentary post-game. Um, of Argyle, of Stephen Schumacher, of the match, of the crowd, of the atmosphere. So, um, all in all, it was a good exercise. It wasn't to be in terms of progression in the Cup. But, um, you know, still plenty of positives. And let's be fair, we were 2-0 up after an hour with our B-side out there. We'd made more changes to our starting eleven than Crystal Palace had. We'd made nine changes only Scar and Kesler Hayden remained, and Kesler Hayden was playing then on the opposite side of the pitch. So, um, yeah, all in all, it was a plenty of positives. Another excellent performance. I don't think we can criticise any of the performance levels so far this season, even if that's now three defeats in a row. Yeah, obviously, you say about... Um... I wasn't really listening. I was listening. Most people don't don't when I give a report of a game, in all fairness. I didn't listen to the last um, sentence that you just said, uh, uh, because I famously can't multitask. Mm. Um, Nine changes then. 
uh, seeing as Finn's not here with us yet, we'll just crack on. Yeah. Uh, nine changes to that lineup. Only Scar and Kane Kessler, Hayden, Hayden remains. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a little bit shocked with the rotation, but at the same time, obviously that squad, like you said, managed up until the 60th minute or so. Mm-hmm. Um, who impressed you the most then out of those nine changes? Uh, yeah, there's a few. Um, uh, Tyreek Wright had his best game in an Argyle shirt by a mile. Um, you know, touch wood, God willing, he can maintain his fitness moving forward. Um, Julio Pleguazelo, um, he just doesn't let anything through him, does he? He gave the ball away once or twice in the first half in particular, but other than that, he, he doesn't let them pass him. Um, I thought Luke Cundall, I mean, it's easy to say that Luke Cundall had a good game because he scored a worldie from 30 yards out. Um, but I thought he was very good on the ball. Uh, ben Wayne was impressive up front. Probably his best game. I know he scored two in the last round, but that was probably his best performance in an Argyle shirt. Um, but I want to pick out Lewis Warrington. Um, obviously, we, we eulogise about Kane Kessler Hayden on a podcast basis. So, you know, he can have a night off from, from praise tonight. I want to talk about Lewis Warrington because a lot of people... Um, we're a little bit overcritical of his performance against Leighton Orient. And we have to remember that you don't know what sort of pre-season he's had at Everton. Um, he's obviously had very little game time and, you know, he's he's definitely getting up to speed. And I thought he was absolutely outstanding last night in that Houghton position. Um, you know, really composed on the ball, got us going forward on a couple of occasions, calmed it down when he needed to. And actually now, when you look at it, we've got two very, very good sitting midfielders in Jordan Houghton and Lewis Warrington. Um, but yeah, I mean, five or six of them have really put their hand up and given Schumacher a bit of a bit of a headache towards Saturday, I would suggest. Yeah, on that then, how, how many of those do you think start on oh, Saturday? Don't ask me that. You, you want me to play Schumacher roulette again, don't you? We did this all the last season <laughs> when I was hopeless at it. Um... Well, I think Cundall came off after about 65, 66 minutes, if my memory serves me right. And I just wonder whether um, he's come off with a view to Saturday. Um, I'd quite happily have him as one of the midfield three. Who plays on the other side, I'm not so sure. Um, You could go with Randall. I was a little bit disappointed with Randall, if I'm honest, on Saturday at Birmingham. Um, Callum Wright did okay in a different position last night. Um... It was diff- it's diff- as much as I praise Warrington, it's probably difficult for him to get into the start eleven just because of how good Jordan Houghton's been so far this year. Um, again, you- you're not going to drop your top goal scorer for Ben Wayne. Tariq Wright isn't going to get in over Morgan Whisker or Barley Mumba, even though he was good. You say you say top goal scorer over Ben Wayne. They have the same amount of goals. Well, in the league, Ryan Hardy's a little bit ahead of Ben Wayne, isn't he? <laughs> let's not let's not um, let's not be all facetious about it. Um, I mean, the, the obvious one and the one that's got everyone talking is Pleguazelo and trying to find a way to get Pleguazelo into the team. And for some strange reason, we can't, we can't even really, we can't even really shoehorn him into that um, CDM role now either because Houghton's playing out of his skin. And like you said, Warrington played so well last night. So it's, well, I mean, you know, if, it's still complicated. Yeah, and if you read social media, it's a foregone conclusion that it, it will be Dan Scar who's left out. And frankly, I find that absurd. Um, Although there's quite a few opinions that have been banded around in the last 24 hours that I've struggled to get my head around. Um, 
but everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that's why social media is brilliant. Um, yeah, Pegwazelo is the tricky one because I, I mean, I'd love to see the back three. I, I said that a couple of podcasts ago. I'd love to see those three as the as three at the back, but then obviously we'd have to revert back to last season's shape, which probably doesn't suit the transfer recruitment that we've made. Um, so it, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, there's probably even a case to start Kesler Hayden at right back and Mikhail Miller at left back on Saturday. Cause I thought Mikhail Miller was excellent last night as well. Um, although you could very clearly see on about 70 minutes that his race was run. Um, which is a little bit frustrating, but then given his injury pass, you don't, you really don't want to go to the well with him too early. Um, you've got to build him up slowly. So it's an interesting one. There are plenty of headaches for Schumacher. And as I say, if he, if he were to start X over Z on Saturday, you know, I, I wouldn't complain because of the levels of performance they all put in last night. Jump, jumping away from Palace, actually, what just whilst we're on that, that topic of conversation, obviously, going if we do look towards going towards the back three again, just obviously, we since that impressive defensive display against Watford, we've conceded eight and three. Uh, and I appreciate Palace are obviously a cut above, and, and you know, um, we've had rotation and and whatnot, but do you think that would be? the best way to combat that and just calm things down even if it's just for one game well I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think jog my memory now about the eight goals we've conceded so um trying to remember Southampton's opening goal now what was Southampton's opening goal Aaron um I know Che Adams got the, Adams the, got the winner yeah. uh, um Nathan Teller wasn't it Nathan yes, Teller when, but, right the Nathan Teller of Bale, of, of Bayer Leverkusen, yeah. So that was a, a miscommunication between um, Kundal and Kesler Hayden. So yeah. we weren't cut open or any defense. You know, it was a defensive mistake, but it wasn't a mistake as such. Um, the winner from Che Adams is just about first and second contacts and being alive to the to the, the loose ball, and we almost took it clear with Miller. Um. The Birmingham City goals, one of our centre-halves is impeded and fouled in the build-up to it, so he's out of position. And the other centre-half is going towards the ball, um, and Hogan's obviously there to tap it home. Um, the winner is a bit of individual brilliance last Saturday by Stansfield, although I would argue that we perhaps could have got tighter to Jukovic in the build-up to it. Um, and then you look at last night's goals, and... I mean, to a lot of neutrals, people will be sat there thinking, oh, where's the defending? You know, it's all too easy for Crystal Palace. But, you know, by that point, we'd put so much into the game that, you know, they they were only getting stronger in the match. Um, and, I mean, the pace and the speed that they work it about is totally different to a championship. So I don't think you can blame any of It sounds strange when you concede four. I'm not sure any of the defenders are at any, at any particular fault for any of the goals we conceded last night. Um, and that's the thing, like, that was the thing I was trying to get my head around with people acting as judge, jury and executioner for Dan Scar's position in the side moving forward is that well, none of him or Gibson have particularly been at fault for any of the goals we've conceded this season. Like, I can understand it if we're, make it if we're conceding the same type of goal every game or we're making the same mistakes every game, but I'm just not seeing it. So, 
it's not. We're, we're also only just at the end of August, so we don't need to panic. There's a heck of a lot of football to come. We've got an international break coming up after Saturday's game, so I, I mean, I wouldn't be as much as I'd like the three at the back system with the defenders we now possess. I wouldn't be pulling the trigger too early. And of course, let's not forget that we had the the bit of a shock last night when Macker appeared on the subs bench. So there's another one to add into the mix. Mm. That, but uh, Macaulay Gillespie's, I think we've done enough on the back five, but Macaulay Gillespie's re-emergence might signal that back three is now more likely anyway, just because now we have backup if whatever. But um, moving on anyway, back to Palace. Mm. Uh, Benji Styles, who's listening, has asked, um, and I know you didn't want to give him much praise because we do it every pod, <laughs> uh, but he says, Kane, he says Kane Kessler-Hayden, possibly the best ever individual performance he's seen from someone in green is that as Sam Down would say, hyperbole. <laughs> hyperbole. Um, well, just on a broader point of that, I actually said at half t- me and the guys that I sit with it, the, in the ground in the Mayflower, um, a couple of us actually come out with the point at half time that that's one of the best first halves we've ever seen from an Argyle side. Um, just with the level of energy, um, commitment, passion, aggression that they were showing in the game. They were really on the front foot. They were properly up for that last night. Um, but going back to the point about Kesler Hayden, I mean, we have been gifted some wonderful individual performances. Um, Graham Carey put them in in his time here. Um, you know, you think back even to the days of like when Paul Gallagher, who almost carries the, the Sturrock Championship team that finished mid-table um, the year before we got relegated, um, David Frio used to put in unbelievable performances, Norris Evans, people like that. It was, I mean, in recent times, it has to be up there as one of the best individual performances. Um, I was actually surprised that he played. I know how good he was last night, but given that, you know, we went the distance against Birmingham on Saturday and we're probably going to have to do the same against Blackburn this week, I was actually a little bit surprised he played 90 minutes last night. I thought that Edwards might have come on. Um, with 15 minutes to go just to freshen it up. But that just shows um, Kane's mentality that he was he was willing to, to go the distance again. He, you know, he never stopped. Um, even in stoppage time there, he was running back to to get Argyle on the attack as quick as we could. So he he's a wonderful player. For a player of his age to show the ability he's got um, the composure on the ball, etc. He is a brilliant player and he is going to have a, a career at the very top. Um, obviously, I hope it's with Argo, but I suspect it might in the near future. It's certainly going to be a level, a level higher than where we are. Um, but yeah, he's he is such a key player to this side now. Um, and actually, he's you know, we talk about Schumacher Roulette and players who are who may or may not be guaranteed names on the team list, as long as he's fit, he's probably one of very few who would be guaranteed a place on the team sheet, I would suggest. Mm, apart from like the returning Mumba, Whitaker, yeah, and, and maybe Lazaz, he he is the he seems to be the best pickup this summer. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, head and shoulders agree with that. But then I would even I would even say he's probably above Mumba Whitaker and Azaz is the best signing of the summer. Well, actually, no, Gibson is, because I've already gone all out with Gibson. He's the best centre-half I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Gibson. So, uh, Tesla Hayden's second on the list behind Lewis Gibson. 
yeah, it's 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 shaping up to be some list. Obviously, we'll get onto the transfer window and um, Kiefer Moore not coming uh, mm. later on. I'm sure. Let's let's go back to back to the game then. Obviously, um, you've already praised Warrington. Uh, ben Wayne on the score sheet. Lovely move by by the wow. sounds of it. On uh, I paid I paid to listen to it on Argyle TV. I then realised it was free on um, BBC Radio 5 Live. Yeah, Franny you know, Benali was in the commentary box last night for Radio 5 Live. He was. He was indeed. Very complimentary mm. of us. Um, I switched over at half-time to see if there was like a, a less, um, I don't want to say biased, but a less partisan view of the game. And they, they seem to be absolutely raving about us. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's £2.50 earned for the club anyway. I don't, I don't really Fine mind. and will be Exactly, exactly. There's um, there's Matey's booking fee back anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, lovely move. Obviously, Tyreek Wright cross headed back across goal by Callum Wright by by all all accounts um, and knocked in at close range by Ben Wayne. Yeah. He was alert. Good goal. Yeah, he was alert to it because I was too busy on my on my feet screaming for a handball against Nathaniel Klein. Um, <sighs> so I if. If I'm honest, I had to watch the highlights back when I got home because I didn't see how Wayne had finished it because I was too apoplectic at shouting at Dean Whitestone um, for not pointing to the penalty spot. I thought the move had already gone dead and we weren't going to score. But, yeah, I mean, I've seen it back this morning. He's just intelligent. He's alive to the situation. Um, He hooks it behind beyond Sam Johnston, who was rooted to the spot. Um, But he was a live wire all game, Aaron. Um, he He made one run. That I can't for the life of me remember who fed the ball through to him. It might have been Kessler Hayden actually, um, through the middle of the park, and he was just just sort of half a yard behind Tompkins and perhaps on the wrong lead foot. You know, he was going to the right when if he'd gone to the left of Tompkins, he may have got on the end of it just with the trajectory the ball took. But um, you know, I was quite I think after the late Orient game, I sort of suggested that maybe he's in need of a bit of game time elsewhere in an ideal situation. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but um, last night he would have dispelled any myth that anyone had about him. Um, you know, obviously, he's he's new to English football. It's totally different to the A-League in Australia. Um, so, it, it will take time for him to adapt. But he's getting there, and the more games he plays, and is get against such a high-quality defence that he went up against last night. I mean, what was it? Klein, Tariq Mitchell, Tompkins. Um, I think it was Richards, the other centre-half, was it? Um, off the yeah. top of my head. And then they brought on Mark Gahey in the second half. I know Wayne, I'm not sure Wayne played up against Gahey, but you know he went up against a serious back line last night. Um, and he was causing them problems, and that can only be a positive. And if he can maintain that level of performance whenever we need him, and we will need him, because as we're going to come on to on one of your later bullet points, um, there's no guarantee that there's going to be any support coming in for him. Um, so, you know, he is going to have to maintain a level of performance similar to that that he put in last night um, if we're to see the best of him. Yeah, we've got we've got a question from Alfie about the uh, transfer market, but we'll get onto that later. Like I said, um, as for Ben Wayne, I just he's one of those players. I'm just, I'm just going to love him no matter what. I think he's he's um, he's just going to be 
a player that we look back on fire, in a few years' time, whether he makes it or not, and we're just going to be like, "What a boy!" Yeah. I think it's that. Um, I think it's that smile. Oh, Finn's actually joined us. Um, that's nice, Finn. The, um, the, late, the, late, the late shifts in for the second half of the podcast. Yeah, nice. Um, whilst whilst we're there, um, crazy pilgrim says, um, "I think Wayne is more capable of getting in the right place at the right time, more quickly and effectively than Hardy." Which is why he wants to see him start, not as a sub. Interesting um, one, because actually that incident I was just talking to there, where he was fed through the board and he was just half a yard, or Tompkins was that half a yard ahead of him. I actually said that Hardy might well have got on the end of that one. Um, but they are, in a way, they're very similar players, but in, yeah. equally in a way they're totally different to each other. If that makes sense. Um, the, the way I've always seen Wayne is like just waiting in the wings to become Hardy's replacement and obviously uh, as we've already alluded to we'll get on to the, the transfer stuff in a bit but um, you know um, I th- think they're a bit too similar to only rely on them all season yeah, but um, Finn now, now you've joined us why don't you take um, the run through of uh, Luke Cundall's goal um, sounds like an absolute scream I've, I've watched a, a dodgy TV filming of, of somebody's phone of the goal but um, there are official highlights available, Aaron. If you if you didn't know, yeah, I've I've been I've been busy. I've been working. <laughs> I have to I have to pay the bills somehow. Argyle life and are not paying me just yet. Yeah, sorry about that. I was uh, I, I, I was I was preoccupied, but I'm here now. So um, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, so it was probably I said at the time is is actually the best goal I've seen at Argyle for well scored by an Argyle player for some time um, at home park. Uh, yeah, it was just really good. Um, kind of, we started off the second half really strongly, um, and he basically just got into a position, um, you know, sort of twenty-five yards and gone, sort of bent it uh, into the top corner. Um, I think with his right foot, although I didn't, I it's, it was his right foot, right? I'm right in saying that, or was it his left? Anyway, um, yeah, he bent it into the top corner, and, and to be honest. It, like as soon as it's a cliche, isn't it? But as soon as it left his foot, it was you know it was destined for the top corner, and uh, to beat a you know a keeper of Sam Johnson's quality like that was pretty impressive. Um, and it's good to know that because I know that he scored only four goals um, last season or something like that, but they all came in like the last ten matches of the season. So um, he's clearly developed an eye for goal. And and that's that's um I can only be a positive going forward. Yeah, Joe, I can imagine um Roy said, you know, get out there, start the second half fast and, and I was expecting them to come at us, but obviously it was the other way around. Um I can imagine that took a few people by surprise as well. But me by people not in there. I mean, I, I, you know, I was sat in my seat, but um it certainly took me by surprise. I mean, even, even from the kickoff, like we were live for every second ball. It was a little bit scrappy, the build-up to the goal. He he pulls off a delightful back heel to Miller, which sets him away, Which and they try and find Wayne. And it, as it's cleared away, it, it falls um, to Kunda as uh, Callum Wright, I think it is, goes up for a header. But, yeah, I mean, it certainly caught me by surprise. And as you say, you know, I think we all sort of thought, you know, that's a great first half, let's enjoy it. But we all just expected an onslaught from Palace straight from the first whistle. Similar to what Southampton did to us um, the other week, when they really come at us after the halftime 
uh, after the second half got underway. But it just didn't materialise. And obviously, you know, we scored within, what was it, 34, 35 seconds of the restart. So um, it, it, was, it was the perfect way to get, get the second half going. Um, you know, it's obviously just a shame that they had multi, multi, multi million pound valued players to come off the bench, which is um, rather infuriating of these Premier League sides, I feel. Shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, Finn, I think you, you might understand this uh, reference a bit better than, than Joe, but you feel free if you if you do, Joe. But you know that that kickoff cheat on uh, on FIFA is you just like you, you kick off the second yeah. half and all of a sudden you're one nil up. Um see oh in my case one nil down, um, to be honest. Um Joe, you've already alluded to it there. Um obviously it didn't take long for Palace to go from two nil down to four nil up. Um Two 0 down to four nil up. Now that would have been some effort last night. Yeah, that's impressive. Isn't it? Four two up. Well yeah. Their first coming from a move down Palace's right with IU's cross being pressed home at the far post by Odson Edward. Um, run us through that one, Finn. But, or, yeah, just run us through all three of them. They all seem pretty similar. Their first three goals. Um, yeah, just whatever. Just run us through Palace's finishes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can run you through the first two. And to be honest, for the third one, I was already, uh, well, I sort of saw what I went on, but I was so shell shocked by the two quick goals. It was kind of like, you know, um, but the first one, I mean, head, it was head in hands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, the first goal, you know, as a just immediately shady class, picks up the ball, jinks inside a couple of, um, players, spreads it wide um, and eventually gets to IU on the right wing. I've never seen somebody uh, swing their foot at a cross with so much power and it looked like it was just a hit and hope, but it had so much pace and direction on it that it was just on a plate for Edward and it was just it was one of those unstoppable goals where you go, okay, yeah, fair enough, you know, hold your hands up. I, I felt for it. And then the second one, um I just I mean, I I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap up in my brain like what the um the difference between the second and third goals, but what I would say is basically I think the second and third goals both came kind of they, they just immediately turned on the you know, turned on the gas as soon as they came on and, and kind of was just went just sort of Walk through us. I think for the third one, um, uh, yeah, I think for the third one, and we could have done a little bit better. Um, I felt that they cut for us a bit too easily, but, um, but it, I mean, it can be excused, I guess. What I would say, though, whilst I'm on it, is I'm, I said last night, and I do maintain that I know, I know it was a hundred million pounds worth of players, um, but I, I, I would. Um, it does concern me a little bit that we were just able. They just scored, and they were so quickly just able. To, we weren't able. We didn't seem to have enough experience on the on the pitch um, last night, and and sort of like it only seemed like in the last few games it seems that we've um, we. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's, we've been a little bit too little bit too soft um, in conceding goals, maybe. Um, but, yeah, obviously they got real quality. And, you know, I know that wasn't really a sum up of the goals, but it's a <laughs> them, yeah. That's fine. They all came very fast. Um, Joe, obviously... Those three came in in the space of what was it four minutes? Three and four minutes, yeah. Anyone anyone particularly to blame there? Obviously, um, you know you're a big you're a big defender of Callum Burton. Is, is there anything he could have done better? Anyone particularly to blame? Roy Hodgson? <laughs> um, no, I'd, look, I mean. The first one, as Finn says, I rifles it across the face of goal, and Edward gets um, it gets beyond Warrington, and Edward sticks a boot out, and it goes into the top corner. Um, the second one, it's all very neat and intricate on the left side, and Eze's put through. Um, I'm trying to remember if that was the one that a lot of people on our side of the pitch by the grandstand were incensed was offside. I mean. I don't know whether you've got ref watch on the agenda, but the linesman on the grandstand side didn't have a clue all night. Um, so you'd been, it'd been folly hope expecting him to put his flag up. Um, he'd have probably signaled a throw in. Um, but as they got through and it was all too easy for hit, he got past right and he put the ball in and um, Mateta sort of bundled it over the line. Burton will probably be a little bit disappointed with himself because um, I think it's just hit at him and it, it sort of comes off him and goes in. It's all very um, peculiar, but Burton definitely gets a touch to it. Um, the third goal, Mateta rifles it in, doesn't he? We sort um, we go long, Wayne misses contact. Warrington heads it into the centre of the park and they pick it up. Um, and Schlupp feeds Mateta and he's just away. Like, you know... It goes back to the point I was saying earlier that, you know, for the majority of the first half, Palace were attacking with two. And then immediately, once those three players come on, they start attacking with five or six. Um, it was just a complete shift in their mentality and their approach play um, that I just think we needed time to adjust to it. But we didn't have the time because of their quality on the ball. Um, so I'm not going to point fingers at anyone. Um, they, You know, I think what we've got to remember, and a lot of people may not agree with it or like to hear it or what have you, and that's fine. But what we've got to remember is, essentially, we are a League One team until we establish ourselves in the championship. 
So until we're stabilised in the Championship, we are essentially a League One team. And we've just gone up against a team who, in the last five, six years, have spent the majority of those years in and around the top ten of the Premier League. Um, you know, they've got immense quality. And those three players, you know, although Ayu and Schlupp are, are journeyman Premier League players, they're still wonderfully gifted footballers. Um, so I'm not going to point fingers. I don't think we could have done too much to prevent it. We were just caught off guard by it a little bit. Um so yeah, I mean, if that there is there is a point there is a point where we need to like question game management a little bit though, right? Like to concede three goals in four minutes at any level, even at Sunday league level, I, I would be absolutely raging. But... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want to. Yeah, I, I don't want to go too heavy on it, but yeah, that was the thing for me. It was like, regardless of the quality, you can applaud them all, all get um, all game. You know, all what am I trying to say? You can applaud them. As much as you want, that's that's the one. Uh, but you know, ultimately, we did um, concede three goals in four minutes, and, and and that at any level of football is is unacceptable. I would think from a from a defensive point of view. Um, I understand we didn't have time to to really think about it, but um, uh, th- there has to be some sort of, especially now that that was a cup game, so no points were, uh, you know, no points were cost. You kind of, you kind of have to. They have some time now between, uh, well, now and Saturday to really sit down and go. Last three games, we've kind of been hit with sucker punches after doing so well for for a long period of time. And I feel like, regardless of their quality, that was sort of the the real one where you go, okay, that doesn't really hurt us in the grand scheme of things. But eventually, if this keeps happening, then it will sort of thing. My yeah. my response to that would be, and it is very green tinted spectacles. I accept that, and again, you know, people probably disagree, but we aren't going to be coming up against an opponent that's able to do that all season. You know, that's not going to happen again. A situation like that is just not going to happen again. Um, in terms of the Birmingham game and game management, look when when Birmingham get the ball, I think there's only about thirty seconds, if that, left on the clock. Um, so, I mean, all that takes is one person to hoof the ball out of play, if we, but we didn't even get hold of it. Um, Southampton's a little bit different due to the amount of time that was added on. There was still a chance to get back into it. I agree with the concept about we need to be smarter with game management, um, but we were in a very similar position last year with a late equaliser for Portsmouth, a late equaliser for Burton, a late winner for Fleetwood. All happened in the first part of the season. And, you know, we are... We do have to just be mindful that, again, I said it there, that essentially at the moment we are still a League One team who is playing in the Championship until we've established ourselves in the Championship. We will be seen by many as a League One team um, who is trying to be in the Championship and we're doing a very good job of it. Um, But we must also remember that, you know, we have a very young squad and every game is going to be a learning curve. And people aren't, you know, some people have to just give the heads a wobble a little bit in the sense that we are going to be learning every week. Things are going to take time to be implemented and they will learn from that. And yeah, I know it's happened. You know, we've conceded two late winners, two late goals in a row in league games and that is frustrating. Um, You know, but it it will be fine. I wouldn't, as I said earlier, I'm not pushing any panic buttons at the moment. We've only played five games, six games, however many it is. So um, there's plenty of football to be played. Yeah, it, it, I suppose it's just frustrating. It's come down to what six minutes of 
a lapse in concentration over three games that has lost us six points in a in a cup tie, you know. Um, but I'm not really that bothered about getting through to the third round of the Carabao Cup or whatever. But um, you know, when it was there to to be won, you know, we could have at least took that to penalties, in, in my opinion. But like I said, um, not overly that bothered actually. Joe, I'll come back to you because I can imagine you you'll want this uh, unless you want ref chat. Um, in a bit, but um, ref watching a bit, I suppose. But um, Roy Hodgson, class act. Yeah, yeah, he always has been throughout his career. Um, I mean, I was actually going through his career um, in the Tamar on uh, last night before the game. Other pubs are available within the city. Um, at, please drink responsibly. Um, and I'll go in through his career and some of the, you know, just the names of some of the clubs he's managed um, and some of his achievements in, in world football. Um, you know, I think a lot of people were a little bit blinkered with his tenure as England manager because that was a very difficult time that he was England manager. Um, when you think of the turnover of players and the transition we were going on at the time from that so-called golden generation to essentially the early makings of the team that we've got now and have had for the last couple of tournaments. So, um, But even then, he's still come back and had a, a very fine managerial spell at Palace. I, th- I mean, that, that last spell he had at Palace before this one was exceptional, wasn't it? Um, the situation he went in, wasn't it Frank De Boer had lost eight games in a row or something um, when he first went in? Sorry, sorry, sorry. And he turned, I think they finished eighth or ninth that season and... Um, as you say, he's just a class act. And, um, you know, he said it after the game. And I'd like to think he meant it that, you know, had we had we won the game last night, he'd have still come out with everything that he said. You know, it's all very easy for managers and people to be magnanimous in the media when you've won a game. But, you, you know, I think Roy would have had the decency um, and the respect to have said exactly what he said post-game. And as I say, that I, I tweeted the... Um, a video from BBC Radio London last night of his reaction that um, a lot of people have jumped on and quite right. And he's, he gave a very fair assessment of the evening. I think, you know, all of us who were very lucky to have been there last night, um, you know, we all got very much, we got our money's worth last night. It was a thoroughly entertaining cup tie with two very good teams. Um, and, you know, they put on a good show and both teams can be proud of that. And, as you say, Hodgson says some lovely words. By all accounts, um, he's another good friend of Trevor East. Um, Trevor has quite the the friendship list on Facebook, it would seem. Um, and uh, he, I'd love to. I'd love to see what games Roy plays on Facebook. I can imagine he's not. He's more of a farm. He's more of a Farmville, Farmville man, than a, than a crush. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, by all accounts, Trevor took him to meet Shuey um, and the rest of the coaching team before the game. I presume that they may well have had a chat, maybe a little light drink after the game as well. So one thing I will say with, with the way we imposed ourselves in that game last night and everything about the whole whole night, the whole occasion, the atmosphere, etc. I don't imagine we've done ourselves any harm in, in building a, a little relationship with Crystal Palace there um, because of obviously the style of football we play and the respect that that Roy obviously has for the job that's that Shuey's done. So, um, no, very good, very honest guy, um, very respectful. And as I say, he's certainly going to go down as 
one of football's good guys and uh, what a career he's had. And hopefully he can have one last hurrah with Palace somehow. I'm not sure what that will be, but um, it would certainly be nice to see Hodgson have have one more day in the sun, certainly. Yeah, I feel like the League Cup is something they could realistically win, you know. They, they might need a slightly bigger squad for it. have but, to get Man City um, at some point as well, I'd imagine, because they farm it. Well, that's true, that's true. But also, they, um, I think that's their only realistic shot at European football, isn't it? Um, you know, the FA Cup, as everybody knows, is a is a, is a complete... Well, that so. would be a bit of an issue, really. I know we say about you know, the options they had coming off the bench last night. But, I, you know, I didn't, looking at some of the players who came in, um, I didn't, I wasn't particularly warmed by the performance of Ratsaki. Um, I know he's, I know he did score one that was offside, but, um, you know, considering every man, his cat and his dog in the championship seems to be in for him at the moment. I'd say there was a fair few scouts at home park last night. It'd be interesting to know what they thought of his performance. But, um they are probably three or four players light from, you know, com- even being able to compete with the likes of Brighton, Villa and Brentford nowadays in the Premier League. But that's a Crystal Palace problem and this is not a Crystal Palace podcast. Exactly. I don't know if you've got, if you've both got anything else to add on, on the Palace game or if anybody wants to hop in. Can and... I just jump on with a little bit of rep watch? Yeah. Before, before we see if anyone else wants to. Before... Before before you do that, yeah, if anybody wants to ask any questions or jump in, just let us know. Yeah, request, we'll, we'll have you on this little rant about the officials. Request to speak, because then you don't have to hear me talk. Um, it's not a rant about the referees or anything, uh, apart from the fact I've already said the lines went on the grandstand side. Didn't seem to have a clue what he was doing. Um, last night, I did tweet. I did tweet it. it. Was the first time I've ever seen a player have their shirts actually pulled off their back at a set piece and not get anything for it. Um, I don't know who the Crystal Palace player was who lost his shirt, um, but it was pulled clean off his back, dropped to the floor, and he was sort of stood over it with his arms outstretched, remonstrating with Mr. Whitestone. Um, And when the play broke down eventually... This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. It was in front of the in front of the Mayflower stand, and the referee sort of had a little smile on his face as if he'd, he'd realised what had gone on at the corner. But um, I thought that was quite a comedy moment, the way he was just stood there, um, baying for something to happen, even though no one had clean, clearly seen an Argo player had taken his shirt off his back. Um, so that was a first. I, I thought we might have a few firsts last night, but I didn't expect that one. I'm done with referees now. I don't have much more to say about him. I do like Dean Whitestone. He's a good referee. Quite happy to have him back again. But anyway, there'll be more weeks, listeners, where I will be ranting to the heavens about referees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, nobody requested, I don't oh. think. I didn't, see any... I didn't see a notification, so no, nobody wants to jump on. Feel free to. Um, Shall we move on to the, the transfer window then? Um... Do we have to? Yeah, pretty non-event. Pretty do. much a non-event at the moment. Well, yeah, there's, that's there's, the problem. We've, we've we've pretty much summed up August. Um, so let's yeah, let's just jump in the transfer window. Obviously, it slammed shut um, at eleven p.m. on Friday. Um, are you worried about a, a lack of signings, Finn? 
Before I say lack of signings, because I know people will jump in on this, uh, I know that we've signed 10 players. I mean, striker reinforcements, just, just to make that point clear. Go on, Finn. Uh, I'm, I'm in danger of sounding like a, a, a doom monger. No, I'm not really that worried about about us getting a striker in because I do think it will happen. However, I have said for a long time, it does surprise me that we have left it this long, like regardless of um, of uh, who we've tried to get in and who we you know, have failed to, because obviously that probably has happened for us to be leaving it this late. Um, I, I, I am just a bit surprised that we... Um, you know, Lion Lanes was the first one out of the door in like late May or, or early. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's like like a few couple of weeks after we or uh, you know early June. You know, a couple of weeks after we got promoted, he already said, "Oh, he didn't want to sign the contract." So I am surprised that we haven't looked to get someone in um, sooner. Uh, you know, there's a couple of names floating about, um, but I don't know. It, it could, it could, we could be pleasantly surprised. It does feel like we are banking on somebody, um, whether it's Coburn or, or somebody else, to, you know, we're banking on somebody to do their business um, before we get someone in, which is a risky thing um, to do, especially at this stage of the window, because then if they don't do their business, then we're probably, you know, um, Going for going for a Premier League youngster with five appearances in League One, you know. So it's it. I mean, we are where we are, and we got to accept it. But I just hope we get somebody, and not because you know. To be fair to Ben Wayne, like he impressed me. Um, in, in, in the last couple of games that I've seen him play in the cup, but I still I still think he's got a lot of developing to do, and he can't do it on all on his own. And then I was, I'm I'm okay with Freddie Azaka being our fourth choice striker. Maybe, but um, but obviously he's seventeen, and and we can't expect him to come off the bench every week either. Yeah, it, it feels like we also need like a different dynamic, you know, like like how Cosgrove came in, and and you know, granted, not the greatest striker in the world, but uh, Cosgrove did you know offer that different dimension which we need. Um, Joe Alfie Finmore, the ginger Janna, um, try saying that when you're pissed, um. I said, with Middlesbrough looking set to get Sam Greenwood in on loan, it's looking very likely that we'll get Josh Coburn in. What are your thoughts on the potential loan? But before before you jump on that, obviously I, I tweeted earlier about um, Michael... Is he called Michael Carrick? Yes, Michael Carrick. Um, his press conference, and he said that um, Josh is part of our group. It's been great to have him in and around the group in... Pre-season, he took a knock, which is a shame. It was a bit of a, he might go on loan, he might not. It depends what's best for Josh and also depends what's best for us. So ins and outs do play a part. So we'll have to wait and see what works for Josh. So, you know, there's potential there that he's not coming or that they're waiting on something. Obviously, as well, it's worth noting that Sam Greenwood is more of a an attacking midfielder and and. And Carrick's already said that they need a, a centre mid, a cam, and a striker. So I'm not sure Greenwood coming in actually frees up Josh Coburn. But but say Josh Coburn is the answer. Are you happy with that? So I think we just needed a bit of context that obviously none of us really deep down know who this one person that Schumacher has pinned all his hopes on. Um, because, you know, it's been very clear that they've had one target all summer. 
um, and they were willing to wait for said target. We are all led to believe by, uh, was it Peter Rourke? Um, yes, who, foot, Footy Insider. I yeah, think who, broke, who broke the news about, what, a week ago, maybe even a bit longer, that, that Coburn was the choice. Coburn was the, the chosen child, um, and he was the one who was going to come in on loan. And to be fair to um, Footy Insider or whatever they're called, I don't really have off the top of my head any reason to doubt them when it comes to these sorts of things. Um, yeah, I mean, he broke he broke the Luke Cundall story and uh, Lewis Gibson one. Yeah, and then you you then hear from Chris Errington that Plymouth Live understand that we're talk. You know, Coburn is one of five options that we're currently talking to. So I think we just have to be a little bit careful in assuming that Coburn is the is the one, albeit we have pretty good information to believe that he is the one. Um, that brings me on to then the question about if they get Greenwood in, does that free up Coburn coming to Argyle? Um, I think Middlesbrough have played a game, potentially, with it all, um, because there is a acute science when you're trading with a team in the same division as you, even if you don't necessarily see them as, you, you know, even if they're not our fight in the sense that, you know, you'd expect Middlesbrough to be t- fighting in around the top four, five, six in the division. And Argyle not to be in the top four, five, six in the division. There is still a science that you are trading with a competitor. You know, it would be a, a disaster for Middlesbrough to loan us Coburn. Coburn go and get 28 goals for us. Well, they're scratching around with somebody who's getting six goals every season. So um, I do wonder whether or not there's a bit of game playing going on. Um, what concern? Just for the record, I'd be delighted to have Josh Coburn. Um, I think I, he really impressed me on the two times I saw him live with Bristol Rovers last season. Um, saw him play a couple of times on television and highlights, and he's 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 different to what we've got. Um, and he obviously fits the bill of being young, hungry, wanting to improve, etc. He does. He does feel like without you know putting strikers in boxes, which is where they belong. Um, you know, he does feel like a bit of the, you know, an upgrade on Cosgrove, doesn't he? He feels yeah. like a younger. So then, the, then the, in, the interesting thing about this whole story about getting one in is that Schumacher told us on Thursday that, you know, we have we have a deal in place, but if it doesn't materialise by the weekend, then we're going to go on to by the end of the weekend, we're going to go on to Plan B. Since Thursday, there has been complete radio silence about transfers. There wasn't; it didn't look like there was a question asked Saturday night post Birmingham about transfer. There was no questions asked in the build-up to the Crystal Palace game again about transfers, and there was no question asked in the press conference or on the club's interview with Schumacher post game last night about transfers. And I don't quite know how I sit with that. Whether or not that it's a very delicate situation about who we're trying to bring in, I don't know. Um, but it's just a little bit odd how very quickly it's all gone very silent about the player we're trying to bring in. Yeah, I get, I get that. But I also think like football managers are football managers and they're only ever going to give journalists. Oh, you know, Siri is going to repeat the same thing. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Or we're in for people, and we're clearly in for people. We have to be, surely. But you know, but didn't Schumacher go against his 
usual tactics when it comes to talking about transfers by telling us there was a deal in place for this person and he's very confident it's going to go through. Schumacher doesn't normally breach details like that. He'll tell us, you know, we, we hope something will be done this week. But he doesn't think... Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know him coming out and giving ultimatums to clubs the way he did before Birmingham City. You know, if it's not done by the end of the weekend, then we're moving on. I, I don't think yeah. I know him doing that. So... There's obviously frustration with whatever deal yeah, they're yeah, trying to right, do. Right, right. a level of frustration from Argyle. If I'm honest, like, yeah, I, I, I do think that I, I, I wasn't that keen on on that. That was a bit too much of, um, of, of, of a bit Ryan Lay for me. But, uh, but you know, he's done that, and uh, you know, I guess we've got to hope that he's, uh, because he, he's still not going to give us the name of the striker. So. I mean, the thing is, is that we have got the benefit of finding out by, you know, by Friday. So it's not like we know we're going to find out whether we're going to be, going to be, you know, scrapping for someone late in the window. Or, well, my, my, or my view on it is, is that we're we're not going to, if we've not got anyone in, I would say by close of play tomorrow, I can't see us getting anyone in at all, um, because I don't see us going out and signing a body just to having a body safe. Um, I think they've identified someone they want, and if they can get him, then great. If they can't get him, then you know, I just don't see us randomly bringing, you know, as Finn mentioned, somebody in from the Premier League who's got very little experience. I just don't see us doing that. Um, I think they would then go through to January with what they've got. We might have to have periods where we sit and suffer with that. Um, but I just, with the whole transfer policy that we have now, and with the way we approach our recruitment, I just don't see us wasting time getting somebody in who's not going to improve us. Or just just because, just because we all feel like we need a third striker. So I think it feels right. It will be pulled off, but I just don't see us panic buying between now and Friday. In, in my opinion, we're not wasting time getting a striker, and even if it's not one that we we wanted to start off with, because currently we don't have really even the option to go to change um, to a two up front formation. Um, so, so getting a striker in would, would at least give us that versatility, I would, I would think. And I know it's not our main formation this season, but surely we're not just going to stick to one formation all season. No, but even last season's shape was only one striker. It was, but, but in the championship, you're going to need to have more tricks up your sleeve than just yeah, I feel, I feel like to, to come in and spend six months of just being outright, you know, we're, we're going to play with one striker and that's it. Um, because, well, I suppose we could play with two, but then, you know, you risk both of them at the same time. And that just, and as we've already mentioned tonight, they're, they're quite similar and, you know, you don't want... Hasn't Whitaker played as a nine at Swansea? <sighs> Yeah, but you know, Whitaker didn't do that great at Swansea, did he? You know, and I appreciate the external factors there of him wanting to leave, etc. But you know, I'm just saying, that, I'm just saying that there's another option there if, if push comes to shove that, that you know you could utilise. I'm sure, I, you know, that there's there's versatility in this squad. And I'm uh, sure Matt if, if needed, Matt Butcher's played everywhere else on the pitch, so who's to say he wouldn't? Well, that's what I mean. Like, like you could, if needs be, you could play, you know, Mumba and Whitaker up front, but you know, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, send Connor Hazard up front when Cooper's fit. 
I'll send him up for corners, but that's about it. Mm. It's absolutely I massive. Just, I just think, you know, my, I mean, Aaron, you know, you know full well where I, I stand at the moment with the transfers. I'm a little bit concerned that there is just a, a, a bit of radio silence, if you like, around it all. Um, yeah, there's just there's there's at least normally some sort of conversation, we, some sort of chat. We will find out like... a lot more tomorrow because I can guarantee you that Chris Errington will be hot on it tomorrow. Because um, of course tomorrow's press conference day before the the Blackburn game, so um, I would say that at some point by lunchtime tomorrow we'll have an indication of what's going on. Um, I I just read between the lines from what Schumacher said last week that maybe we are now moving on to Plan B. From whoever Plan A is, but I'd love to know. I'd love to know those five names that we're, we're talking to. I, I can imagine we're moving on to Plan C and D. Personally, I think I think Plan A was a striker that we were never going to get, and that's you know I being touted to Sheffield United and Cardiff. Tim, and Tim makes a good point Liverpool. earlier, though, that it'd be interesting to ask somebody at the club. You know, with Ennis moving on so early in the summer, whether or not. We're already on to plan C, D, E, etc. for bringing players in because surely they'd have they'd have realised pretty early on in the summer that we were going to be short up front. Um, you know, with obviously only Wayne and Hardy, so it'd have been interesting. Yeah, to that... know if we've already had to move on from plan A, etc. Yeah, that's I mean. The that worries me is that you know to get in and no disrespect to the players that we bought in already but to get a CDM in or whatever would be much easier than to get in a striker so it also seems that everyone in the championship needs a striker that's the other issue we've got yeah. there are a lot of clubs in this division who are going into the last 48 hours of this transfer window and they are short up front even though Stoke City are trying to sign every living striker in the planet at the moment um you know, everyone seems short up front. So it, it's going to be a, a proper, you know, battle royale to get somebody in. I'm entirely speculating here, but like, is it possible that we lost Ennis so early in the summer and then um, we wanted to get, you know, Barley Mumba and say Morgan Whitaker back and we worked, um, you know, hard on those and, and, and sort of the opportunities come along to make that happen when they weren't necessarily always bang, bang on to happen at the start of the summer. And then we realised actually how competitive this window has been. Like Not many teams have signed a lot of players and we have signed nine, but it's been, you know, it's been hard work, this 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 um, transfer window, clearly for, well, even for us fans being like, when, when are we going to get players in? And we have got players in, but I, maybe we just kind of took it for granted, maybe a little bit, I'm not sure. That, that you know, Ennis left so early, and we thought, oh, we got lots of time. Let's you know prioritize other um, positions, and look, 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 you know, that hasn't harmed us in a certain way. Like we've got Ben Gibson and Blake Israelo. With you know, without going too over the top, there some of the best centre backs I've seen at Argyle in you know many a year. So, so you know, but I, I maybe there is something to be said that we kind of just did say, oh, we'll deal with that later, and now we got to the point where. We thought we were going to get someone in, and no, that hasn't materialised. And now we're sort of searching around well, for somebody. Who... If if we don't if we don't get this last loan deal over the line before Friday, it, it's not going to diminish from the transfer window we've had. We've still had a very very good transfer window. Um, it would just be a question that you know certainly at the next fans forum, um, I'll certainly be 
cutting towards Neil if he's going to be on the panel. Um, just to know, you know, how not how much of a priority it has been because it obviously has been a priority, but how many times have we been knocked back since Ennis told them that he was moving on to the stage we're at now where we still only have two senior strikers on the books? You know, how many times have we been knocked back in this period? It's also one of those things, right, where radio silence also isn't anything new. You know, Plague will say low came out of the blue. Um, trying to think the others, uh, Warrington, Cundall. No, there was a bit of there's a bit of uh, talk around Cundall, wasn't there? A bit of talk around Gibson, but well, the, you the know, Kessler Hayden. The there were a, a few that were just very, out of nowhere. The number signing was a twenty four hour thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was only broken. That was only broken from his friends. So, we all hoped that know, number um, would would return to Argo, but I think a new, I think a, a news article was put out by the the Norwich Press at about one o'clock of an afternoon, saying that you know Argo had inquired about Mumba, and by eight p.m., Mumba's best mate is is on Twitter with Argo Twitter on strings about it all. So, um. You know, it can these things can happen very quickly. Um, you know, I mentioned to somebody the other day that there's, there's no. It's not to say that the new player we're getting in isn't already in Plymouth and hasn't been training with the team over the weekend, um, and they're just sort of finalising the last little bits before they can announce it. Because you know, transfer deals are complex, particularly now at this stage of the window. So um, we must be patient, and as I say, it won't take away from the transfer window we've had, but. Um, I certainly think we'll all breathe a little bit easier once we get that that fifth loan signing in and hopefully he can play up front. Well, there was some rumour about their striker being there yesterday, but that would be a permanent deal. Um, but we're, we're unable to verify if it was them. Yeah. Um, they're in the, the Ben Wayne seats. Even though we can now verify it wasn't them. I don't know if we can verify that until the end of the window. True. Um, but it's one of those that we don't want to put out in case we look like absolute idiots. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's happened before. It's happened before and I'm sure it'll happen again. Um, but yeah. Um, talk, talking of the window, seeing as, as that seems to shut, should we, just, should we just round that up? Best. Uh, oh, actually, we've got a question here from Stevie J. Let's go on that. Uh, we have to get somebody in who we actually need slash want. Can't just see us getting some random body in, and rather we wait until January and try exactly. again. Yeah, that, that um, was that was something I said to somebody last night when um, they mentioned about you know whether or not we were going to get somebody in for the window. Um, if if push comes to shove, just this, the, the, just get them in in January. I know getting strikers in in January is even harder than it is getting them in the summer. But you know if we've still got a loan facility available to us in January, you know there will be players who are currently playing at. At clubs, you know, at higher levels than we're at, who may fall out of favour in January, um, and we might be able to get them in. So, absolutely, don't get somebody in just for the sake of it. Wait, wait for that right person. And if we have to wait a little bit longer, then we do. Same question for, that I asked John. Um, say it's get well you know, soon, John. The by the way. Sorry. Get well soon, John. By the way. Yeah, get well soon. He's 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 on the uh, the evening off um, due to illness. Um, what did I ask him? I asked him. You know, if if the transfer window shuts at midnight tonight, are you taking uh, Cosgrove back? No. No. 
Wow. And I don't don't mean that in a derogatory term, Sam Cosgrove, but I just... um, Well, I mean, it sort of is derogatory, isn't it? Because I don't want him. But um, I sort of... I I answered as quickly as that at the end of last season that I always feel like we could do better than Sam Cosgrove. Um, So, yeah, I... And not only that, would this, with the way we play now, would this system really suit Cosgrove? Not sure, but I'm not really a football purist like those of Argyle who have all the data in front of them. So, I, I, in all, in, you know, I think for as good as Cosgrove did do for us last season, there were plenty of times where he started games and actually uh, actually struggled and didn't really fit into the system. So, you know, uh, I'm not sure how that will improve in the championship. He's a good goal scorer, but yeah, I would like a bit more out of the striker. And to be honest with you, I know we said, oh, we might just get someone random in, but if we wanted Sam Cosgrove in, we would have got him in, in, you know, at the start of the window. He was probably, even over long fight, he was probably the easiest no, no, no disrespect to him, but he was probably the one that you know we could get in most easily because it doesn't look like Birmingham favourite either. Mm. Well, yes and no, because Lombard would have been a another loan deal, whereas Cosgrove would would be money and trying to show our hand that we had a you know a meal or two to spend and not spend it in the right place. Um, you know, um, so let's sum up the whole transfer window then. How's it gone, Joe? I just said it, didn't I? Very good. Yeah, I mean, um, um, out, out, out of ten, what you rate? Out of ten, what are you rating it so far? Uh, as we stand, well, I'm sitting. So as I sit here right now, um, I think you'd probably have to go nine, wouldn't you? Really? Um, the one point we're missing is obviously that third striker that we just like more than anything. Um, yeah, I think they went pretty early on shoring up the defence with with Pleggy and Gibson. Kesler Hayden's obviously is going to pr- is already proving to be a, a fantastic loan signing. Um, and yeah, so even some of the younger players. And then you think of the two the two we've brought back permanently. We broke our club record transfer fee. Um, just shows how much the club has progressed under Simon's leadership, which we're all immensely grateful for. Um. Yeah, I think you'd have to go with a strong nine. Um, and I will be the first one to upgrade that to a ten if we manage to get the deal over the line before Friday night. There's there's rumour that um, Burton is off. I know we've had this. Well, they're not. Uh, Bur- since Burton the and Albion aren't playing tonight, are they? Is it Waterlogged Pit? No. There's there's rumour that Callum Burton is off. Oh. Um, I know we've had that some some talk of that. Um, I don't really want to reveal sources. Um, Can't see at this transfer window. No, obviously Connor Hazard's been called up for Northern Ireland as well against games against Slovenia and Kazakhstan. Yeah. Obviously, if he gets injured, um, then then we're left incredibly short. Exactly. If if Burton goes, does that mean that Cooper's going to be back quicker than expected? Or? No, because didn't Schumacher say a couple of weeks ago they've actually not slowed down Cooper's return, but they've just told him to take it because he was he was working immensely hard. Like he did an interview, didn't he, with the club website, and um, 
and Schumacher was saying, you know, how hard he was working. And with the start that Hazard's made and obviously bringing in that third goalkeeper, I think Schumacher intimated, they've just told him, you know, take your time, make sure you're right before you come back. So I, I can't see, I can't see the club sanctioning Burton leaving the club, if I'm honest. Um, um, I, I could, I, I could in the, in the one case, I know this is unlikely, that he injects some extra cash into us and then we see an opportunity come out for a striker on deadline day and that and, and that cash is, is used towards that striker. I know that's unlikely, but yeah. Yeah, Joe, you've already mentioned the run-in in September. Uh, we did it We did it for August and I can't remember everybody's predictions, but what are you saying for points, September? Uh, I think, What's your guesstimation? I think we'll beat Blackburn. I think we will get a point at Preston. Um, I think Norwich is a bit of an obscure one, isn't it? Because I think they're one of those sides that you're just not going to sure, you're not going to be sure which Norwich is going to turn up week in, week out. Um, but I, again, it's on our patch, so I think we'll win that. And and Hull are a bit of a um, an odd case as well this year because I. I had it. I had them down to struggle. A lot of people had them down to to be successful. They've gone and got um, a number of really good transfers done in recent weeks. So that I would actually say that Hull away at the end of the month is probably our hardest game in um, in September. Um, you know, obviously the, the the Preston game will be will be um, hyped up by people in certain quarters, and you know they're well within their rights to hype it up. But at the end of the day, it's it's Plymouth Argyle versus Preston North End. It's um, I know there's a lot of connotations that will come with it, so there'll be added pressure on that one. But it, there'll be no more pressure on that game than what there will be on Blackburn on Saturday or Norwich after that. Um, and that's the that's the bigger picture with it. So yeah, I think if we can return, what did I say? I said a win, a draw, um, for. If we can return seven, a minimum of seven, a minimum of six points from September, um, I think we can be pretty, pretty content with our with our work. Um, as I say, we're still finding our feet at the level, and you know all these teams possess real quality and <clears throat> good players and big budgets and big expectations. So um, it's going to be difficult, but. We're proving already that we're well up to the task, and why shouldn't we be? We've put in some fantastic performances. Every game, the performance levels matched the last, if not better, the previous game. So, um, you know, as long as the performance levels stay where they are, the results will come. I understand that everyone's viewpoint on the late winners that we've suffered the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I was probably not, I mean, I kicked a bin in my work about a dozen times. Uh, Saturday night with nobody around me. I dread to think what people saw if they heard the bout of Tourette's I suffered. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you get over it quickly. We put in a fantastic performance last night. And if, I mean, you know, Roy Hodgson said it. If we can be anywhere near that level of performance week in, week out, then we are definitely, you know, I still believe we will win more than we lose this year. Um, but, you know, the sooner we get back on the horse, as it were, the better. Finn, predictions for points? Uh, in September or on Saturday? 
September. Oh, um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a tough month. Um, uh, who, who have we got apart? Is it is Hull, Norwich? Uh, it's, it's, it's Blackburn at home, Preston away, Bristol City away, Norwich at home, Bristol City. I forgot away. Bristol City. We got the Derby in there, haven't we? If, if you want to call it a derby, sure. Well, I mean, it, it, it is. I'm not sure any others will. The closest game we've got, therefore, probably constitutes a derby in football world. Um, we'll win that. There you go. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe... So, I think Norwich is probably going to be the toughest game um, out of them all. Uh, I'd love to get something over Ryan Lowe, at least. I know it doesn't really count for anything, but, you know, why not? It's be be nice for his apprentice if you, if you like to to get one over on him. So I think we can get something there. So I go a point against Preston. I think we can win on. I think we can win on Saturday. So I go four, um, four, and then whole. I think we could get a draw though. They look quite strong. So actually, maybe I'll say a loss there. Should we go and then Bristol City? I think we can win despite us, you know, having poor results in the cup there um, in recent years. Um, uh, and then is there another game after that? Did you say, sorry? Um, so we finish up with uh, Hull City away, right? Yes, so I'm gonna go with to say seven, seven yeah. points. My prediction for Bristol City is that we'll win, and then Nigel Pearson will call Chris Harrington an ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 backing us to beat Blackburn. I don't care if they win eleven twelve nil tonight. Um and then and then it gets tricky from there. I, you know, we're not very good at playing the occasion and I'm not saying that Preston is an occasion, it's but another game. It's just another game. Uh, no, 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 I'm sure it, it is, you're right. But you know, we've we've proven throughout history history. Not, um not only you know, that. That when there is something riding on it and when fans seem to think it's a big big fixture. Uh, we crumble. So, um, do you not think there are certain people in that dressing room who would quite like to you'd see it more as just another another game as well? So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. You'd like to think so. It'll be interesting to see how we approach that. But anyway, we've got a game before then, so let's not worry about pressing for a couple of weeks. Anybody got anything else to add? I think that's that's what it's course. Unless um, anybody wants to jump in and ask questions, I'd like, feel I'd free. like to put a um a thing out to the supporters who are listening to this and will listen to this. Um, we have a couple of weeks before we go to Deepdale on the sixteenth of September. Um, and my challenge is is that we have got to find a new line to the Alay 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 chant by the time we go to deep there. Um, because it is about time. There are 11,000 season ticket holders. There are 16,000 who are going to games. Somebody must be able to generate a better line for the song than the one that you all know I'm referring to. Um, and which, one, which one's that? We, we meant, you know, no other song mentions previous managers. Um, it's about six or seven. What a tip. We need to find a new line for the LA, LA, LA song by September the 16th, whenever it is we go to Preston. Um, because, as I say, there's enough people who must be able to generate that song now. Um, so 
That is my gauntlet that is laid down to the Green Army to generate something before then. Other than yeah. that, I've got nothing else to add. I think we covered it all. <laughs> in the last one. Oh, brilliant. Um, it's always good to accidentally end something early. Um, I don't even know how I did that. I didn't even click end. Um, but I always forget that if you switch accounts on Twitter, it um, <clears throat> hangs up. And, yeah, brilliant. People call that a night then. I think we should. It was yeah. well worth well, getting the second pod up, wasn't it? Cool. Well, exactly. I didn't know if you had anything else did, to add. How to did that. you get this job again? I don't actually know. Do not know. Um, and I wouldn't call it a job because a job implies payment. Um, and <laughs> that is something that I definitely do not get. Um, but anyway, thanks to everybody for listening um, and the ones that jump back on. I'm sure we'll do this again sometime soon. It'd be great to have more people hop in and chat, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll get there eventually. But yeah, cheers, Joe. And cheers, Finn. Who... See you on Sunday night. Exactly. Cool. Cheers, mate. See ya. Later, mate. We'll call that a night, I think. But before we go, just a reminder to vote for us if you can in this year's Football Content Awards. Hopefully this pod has gone nice and smoothly and I've edited it properly uh, and things make sense. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.